Hey, I want to thank you for coming this morning and not thank you as in, boy, thank you for doing me a favor by coming here. Um, not, not that kind of a thank you. It is, I really believe that if you will pay attention this morning to what we're going to talk about for less than 20 minutes, I really believe this. I really believe that this has the potential to make a significant difference in your 2024. Now, I don't usually make predictions like that. And it's not going to be because of the skill of some communicator. It's the information. If you will put it into practice, I really believe it will make a significant impact on your 24. So if you're inclined to come to church and normally fall asleep, that's fine. You fall asleep. God's going to love you just as much no matter whether you stay awake or, or fall asleep. Um, you won't gain more of his love if you stay awake. Um, I just think you're going to gain some insights that if you will put into practice, if you'll become a doer of the word rather than just a hearer only, um, the scriptures tell us there's blessing that comes with, with obedience. So we're continuing, as weird as it sounds, a little mini-series. The last time we gathered together for family worship where we get to hear babies talking in the service where all of our children gather. The last time we did this, I'm in here, we talked about family discipleship. And we said just a couple of things just uh, to remind you um, of that. Discipleship, we're defining simply this way. It comes uh, from Mark uh, Dever in uh, Washington, D.C., or Mark Dever. I've never known actually how to pronounce his name, and I've never met him to ask him that question. So however it is, he came up with a pretty good uh, definition we've only altered slightly. Discipleship is intentionally and methodically helping others follow Jesus. It's intentional, meaning it's done on purpose, and it's methodical, meaning there's a method to the madness. And we said this, there are four things for family discipleship, that is to be intentional, to be methodical, to be persistent, and to be spontaneous. Now, when we say family discipleship, we're not just limiting this to the nuclear physical family. The scriptures let us know that there is to be a multiplication that takes place. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve in the garden. The first command that was given to them to, was to, uh, to multiply, be fruitful and multiply. We would be foolish to think that is only physical reproduction. It's spiritual in nature as well. And so this principle is going to apply, um, yes, certainly to your children, but also to really anyone that you are helping in their spiritual pilgrimage. Anyone you are helping intentionally, methodically, to pursue and follow Jesus. So you may not have a physical uh, child. That's fine. Um, the principles are going to apply towards those that you will come alongside and help. Now, here was the question that we asked last time. And again, apply this, apply this broadly in here. The question we asked last time. Do my children believe that the person of Jesus is the most important person in my life and the driving force of my life? Are those that are around me, those that know me, those that watch me, those that, that hover, those that, that peer in and look in, do they believe that the most important person and the driving force of my life is the person of Jesus? Or would they say, ah, there's some effort that's given there, but only when it's convenient. Now, right now, if you are sensing that I'm coming after you, I promise you I'm not. I'm asking a question. Again, God is going to love you no more if you obey 
And he's going to love you no less if you disobey. The, the issue all comes down to have you surrendered the controls of your life over to the person of Jesus? Has your heart grown more and more with the desire to know God, to love God, to obey God? If there is this that's going on, if you've surrendered the controls, if you're finding that your heart is being inclined towards God, um, again, uh, behavior, behavior is not going to get you more with God. Good behavior is not, and bad behavior is not going to get you less. What it will do is this. Obedience will produce, I'm convinced, more joy. There will be more satisfaction. And disobedience will lead to a whole lot more complication. Today, I want to just press on from what we were talking about there, the intentional, methodical, persistent, and spontaneous ways for going about discipling people. We're going to have four passages that we'll look at. We won't do a deep dive in them. They're going to get principles that are crossed. And there's going to be a question, each one of these that we want to ask in the process. But I would say for 2024, if you will focus as a family on four environments, don't try to do everything under the sun. Focus on four environments that you want to become consistent in. I think you will see the needle move for you and your family, your own personal life, et cetera. It'll make a significant contribution impact in your year. Number one, number one environment first to focus on is corporate worship. What is corporate worship? Corporate worship is celebrating God as we grow into worshipers. This is corporate worship. If you're online, that's corporate worship. Gathering together with the saints for the purpose of declaring the greatness of God. Do you know this, that the only mandated meeting in the New Testament is this right here? This is the only thing that God commands that we do is we gather together as a group of people and we declare his greatness. Now, why is it the only mandated meeting that we have during the week? Because we all are leaky buckets. You know the illustration. We all are going to leak. And there's something about coming together on Sunday mornings that goes beyond what a preacher can do, goes beyond what musicians can do. There's something about gathering collectively together into an environment where we all are here to say, I can't do this on my own. God, will you? God, will you help me in X, Y, and Z areas of life? But it starts with us declaring what is true of God. Do you always remember who God is and what he does? Or do you throughout your week forget his character? Come here every week. Come here every Sunday. I give you a promise that what we try to do in the pulpit as well as what we try to do with the musicians is we try to give you not just four tips for living every week. We're trying to remind you of who God is and what he does. That's what we're trying to do every Sunday. So make corporate worship a priority for you. Please hear me. If you go to the beach, go to the beach. Enjoy it. If you have a lake house, go to the lake. Enjoy it. I'm not saying you should be here 52 weeks. I'm not here 52 weeks out of the year. But I am in church somewhere 52 weeks out of the year. When I'm out of town, I try to make it a priority to be somewhere. That doesn't make me better. It doesn't make me worse. It just means I feel like I need it. Make corporate worship a priority for you and your family. Psalm 84, verses 1 through 2 says this, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, faints 
for the courts of the Lord. My, fle- my heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. He's talking about the courts of the Lord, which is where the presence of God would be making his way into the presence. He says, my soul is actually longing for that. We all were created to worship something and we all will worship something. What I'm saying is make Sundays the time which you're going to start the week out every week. Make Sundays the time which you're saying, I want to make God the object of my worship rather than something else. I tend to worship other things rapidly. And myself is usually at the top of that list. I worship me more than anything else in a typical week. Notice in here in the psalm, it says that he is singing for joy. (laughs) Dads, can I ask you a question? Are you singing on Sunday mornings? Now, I know you may be like me. You may say, trust me, dude, nobody wants to hear this voice. It would not be a good thing for anyone else to hear what it is. We can't sing like those who are on stage. And so I don't want to sing in such a way that it would be a distraction for other people, et cetera. You, you may have that comment. And I just want you to know, if you're here with your children, your spiritual children, whatever, if you choose not to sing on Sunday mornings, here's what you've said. You said two things. Number one, it's more important what other people think about my singing than what God thinks about my singing. And number two, you've said, I'm going to worship God in the way that I want to, when I want to, rather than how he has prescribed for me to worship. So you may have a horrific voice. Sing on, brother. Because the Lord will delight. And you have eyes that are watching you. Those eyes that are watching you, when they hear a terrible sounding voice, to every other human on planet Earth, those little eyes go, ah, my dad's not afraid to sing to the Lord. Number one, focus on corporate worship. Make corporate worship a priority. Can I ask it to you this question this way? One of the questions we want to ask, um, how can we be consistently present on Sunday mornings? How can you gather together and say, we're going to develop a plan this year? And we're going to ask the question, how can we be consistently present on Sunday mornings? Again, maybe it's online. Ideally, it's in person. If it's not Wildwood, that's okay. Find a church in which you're going to be consistently present at because God does something in it that I can't really take credit for. Number two is a community group. First environment is corporate worship. Number two is a community group. Community group is a group of people that are loving each other as they live together. Find a group of people who are going to be there for you through thick and thin. Find a group of people in which you can meet with on a consistent basis. And when you are looking and sounding your best, they are applauding. And when you are looking and sounding your best, they are embracing. Find a group of people that are going to love you enough to challenge you to to push through some of uh, uh, the things that you may need to push through. Do we want a group of people that will uh, condemn us? Of course not. But do you want to hang around a group of people who are never going to challenge you? Don't you want to be around a group of people who want to call you to something that is more? 
and greater and better while at the same time embracing you exactly where you are. This is a community group. This is a group of people that have banded together. They realize that Christ is the objective. Better behavior is not the objective. Less bad behavior is not the objective. It's a group of people pursuing the person of Jesus. That's the objective. And so gather with a group of folks that will help uh, to do that. First Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 8 says this, So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. We desire not just to share information with you. We desire to share with you our very selves. Here's what I know about Tallahassee. I know this from personal experience and I also know it because I continue to talk to folks who move in. Tallahassee is a difficult town to move into. And the driving reason it's a difficult town to move into is because so many people have grown up in Tallahassee. And so they already have friendships that have been established for years. And so moving from out of town into a new place, it's much harder to break in and develop relationships. We hear this over and over again from people. Tallahassee is a group of friendly people. Nobody is rude. Nobody punches you. Nobody shoves you to the outside. They just won't let you in. Here's what we have an opportunity to do, Wildwood. To just look up, look on the horizon, and find out who is looking for relationships. And then ask them to come in. And you know what that means? It means you are going to have to expand your friendship base. When our oldest were, I can't remember, four or five, something in that neighborhood, we were talking about adopting even more children. And at that point, there were four in the house, and we were talking about adopting one more, and, and our kids were asking us various questions and and then came the, the time in which uh, we said, hey, we're actually going to adopt. And this kid's going to be from Ethiopia. And so then some pictures started coming in. A video came in. And one of those kids um, asked me the question, Dad, how are you going to love more kids? And I said, buddy, because each time a child comes in, my heart just grows a little bit bigger. Well, make sure that you are a part of the solution that you are seeking the one whom you can invite in. Every time somebody else comes in your group, you don't dismiss the others. Your heart just grows a little bit bigger for those who are coming in. So ask how you can be a part of creating that kind of an environment. Corporate worship, community group, number three, a discipleship group. Some type of group. It could be a group of two. It could be a group of seven. But it's usually a smaller handful of people that are gathering together for the purpose of honing the habits as we pursue the person of Jesus. I want to say it this way. Take advantage in 2024 of the opportunities that are already in front of you through what we're doing through the formal channels of Wildwood. We have incredible opportunities in front of you. If you don't know how to pray right now, we can help you learn how to pray. If you don't know how to study the Bible, I assure you, we can help you learn how to study the Bible. If you don't know how to share your faith, I promise you, we can help you learn how to share your faith. The list goes on and on. All kinds of habits that are available. Take advantage of what's already there. You'll find it on the spring schedule that's out in the, in the lobby over here. Make one of those things a priority.
Take one class at some point from, from January all the way through the spring. Take one class. Mark chapter 3, verse 13. This is Jesus. It says that he went up on the mountainside and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed 12, whom he also named apostles, listen, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach. The purpose of the habits is not so that we can say, I've got a great habit of studying the Bible. Look how many hours that I pray and look how much scripture that I know. The purpose of the habits is that we draw near to God. We talk to God through prayer. We listen to God through the study of the word and we introduce other people to the greatest guy who has ever existed when we share our faith. The whole goal of this is about being with Jesus. So find some type of group in which you can pursue Jesus as you hone the habits. The final environment to be a part of and part to focus in on is, is look to, to partner with some uh, ministry partner that we have, somebody that is um, uh, going about gospel-centered kingdom-building ministry. When you establish some type of relationship with a ministry partner, it, um, that's showing God's love by just simply blessing their community. Now, you're going to hear a ton about it. Next week, we start our series on the book of Joshua. You're going to hear more about what it looks like for the kingdom of God to expand primarily through the blessing of the community. We're going to spend virtually the entire year on that this year. It's going to be great. But find some way in which you can go about just ministering to others. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 he says that this, it shall not be so among you. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Find a way in which you can just simply bless someone else with no strings attached. How can I benefit your life? You focus this year on making corporate worship a priority, establishing some sort of group in which you can get into a community group. We have here at the church, if you're looking for one, some type, <clears throat> excuse me, of discipleship group. And then some type of ministry partner that you can come alongside who is like Chelsea House, that we pray for, who is already blessing others. In community. You do that, I promise you. 2024 is going to look different for you. So I close with these four questions that we ought to be asking ourselves. Gather together as, as a couple, um, as a family gathered together um, with some other friends that you may have to help you think this through, ask these four questions and answer them. How can we be consistently present on Sunday mornings? With whom will we be relationally engaged? Engaged with them, pursuing them, letting them pursue us. Number three, how will we actively grow? How will we go on the offense, begin pursuing opportunities for ourselves to, to grow? And then number four, uh, where can we be kingdom focused? Take those four questions. Discuss that. Pray through it. Ask how God might uh, use it. I want to give you a heads up on this. We put this together every quarter. It's called My Plan to Grow. It's, a, it's out, be outside in the uh, uh, lobby area um, and over here on the side as well. It just allows you to put this down on paper. It doesn't, we're not telling you what to do. You are the one who is establishing your plan for it. 
It's these same four areas that we're talking about right here. It just allows you a little bit of worksheet to, to go through. If you are uh, in middle school and in high school, I would encourage you to think about how you can do this on your own. If your family has a plan, obviously submit to what mom and dad are asking. Joyfully do that. They have great plans for you. They love you like no one else on planet earth. And so if they want to do this for you, that's their prerogative. But if you're in middle school or high school, I would encourage you to prayerfully think through how can you fill this out? What can you do? If you're in college and above, absolutely do it. Can I say it this way? What is your plan for 2024? How do you plan for 2024 to be different than 2023? We may all want it to be different. I want to encourage you to plan for it to be different. And then watch God go to work as he takes our feeble attempts to make a plan, infuses his spirit, and goes to work on our hearts.